All Heart with Paul Cardall goes beyond the typical interview podcast to dive deep into life's biggest issues. Born with a congenital heart defect and a heart transplant recipient, Paul has a unique perspective that facilitates powerful, educational, and engaging conversations about overcoming obstacles and making the impossible possible. With his second chance at life, the pianist wants to give people hope and a sense of calm through his music. Beyond that, he is seeking to shine a light on the powerful voices of others. His guests truly define what it means to be all heart. They share with us what drives them, what keeps them carrying on in the face of adversity, and how they strive to do their best and make the world a better place. Paul is proud to share his conversations with you here on the American Songwriter Podcast Network. Welcome to All Heart. I'm Paul Cardall. The interview you're going to hear today was recorded at the end of April during the pandemic, but this is one of the best country bands in the world. Are you gonna kiss me I first met Thompson Square behind the White House. We were actually in a makeup room about to go on national television to perform for 75 million people. There were a bunch of performing artists. We just met the president, and I'm looking over at this couple who is rehearsing, and I said to my wife, they've got a lot of chemistry. Clearly, they've got something going on outside of the band. She then told me that they were married. I thought to myself, I wonder how many other people in country music are married to each other. I know that there's Faith Hill and Tim McGraw, Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks, but this couple, they are actually in the band. So they're married and in the band. So we're going to ask them what that's like and how that's going. But seriously, Thompson Square is an incredible success. They've got five top 20s, nearly 1 billion digital streams. They have a social media following of almost 2 million fans. They've been honored with multiple Grammy nominations, and they've actually won for Vocal Duo of the Year at the ACMs and the CMAs. I'm honored to call them friends and have them as my guest on the first episode of All Heart with Paul Cardall. So welcome to the program, Shauna and Kiefer Thompson of Thompson Square. What's up, man? How are you? I grew up in a small community called Layton Hill. It's barely on the map. Um... It's literally just that, just a community. There's no stop sign. There's no, no post office. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing. nothing there. There's probably about 400 people in our little, our little community. Um, Kiefer, you are from Miami. It's pronounced Miami. Miami. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you got to get, get that straight now. But it's not Florida. It's in Oklahoma. That's right. That's right. How big is, how big is that town? Uh, about 12,000. Um, can we go back and talk about how you guys kind of got started? Really, what's the breakthrough moment where, Kiefer, you knew music was your destiny? And then, Shauna, same question for you. You know, it's it's odd uh, because I don't, I don't come from a musical family. Uh, my dad is pretty much tone deaf, but he sings in church, which is tough to sit next to him in church when he's singing. Uh, but he loves to sing. Um, he's a very religious man, and he's, he's, he, uh, he loves to sing hymns at the top of his lungs, you know. And my mom played a little bit of piano and sang in the church choir. And uh, as far as musical ability, uh, there wasn't a whole lot there. 
I kind of credit my grandmother on my mother's side, her name was Molly. I kind of credit her for the creative gene that I have as far as writing and, and performing. Uh, she was a poet. Um, she wrote poems all the time. She wrote little pearls of wisdom all the time. And she, she wrote cookbooks and all this stuff. And one time she snuck out and sang uh, Frankie and Johnny on the back of a, uh, a flatbed trailer at uh, at a, a county fair, you know, which is like a that was a big no no at the time. Uh, but I, you know, I, I've always been around music. I've always loved it. I've always you know had plastic guitars when I was a little kid, uh, imitating Elvis when I was a little kid, and diapers and cowboy boots, and just the whole time. I, I, I've never not done music in some form or fashion. I never thought in a million years I could actually do this for a living. I wasn't like Shauna who was in bands and stuff. I, I, I wasn't in bands uh, growing up until I was probably 17. And I started doing this like this little opera show in Fort Scott, Kansas. Uh, and then Grove, Oklahoma, we did a, I did a, a contest there and would come back and sing on Saturday night sometimes. But other than that, man, I mean, that was kind of it. Uh, I knew I wanted to move to Nashville and I had a small connection and uh from that fort scott show and and that was it man as soon as i graduated college i packed literally everything i owned up in a, in a u-haul and and attached it to my uh my 89 uh chevy blazer and i uh, me and my dad drove to uh nashville i don't know man it just it's always i've always had this magnetism just pulling me towards nashville and the whole the whole music thing did you notice right away how people are very um, helpful? Because when I came to Nashville, there seemed to be a lot of advice, a lot of willingness to help to, a, to an extent. Did yeah. you find that when you came to Nashville? I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's that thing. If people want to help you, but they don't want to help them out of a job either. You know, so they, uh, you know, I, I made some really good friends in the beginning. And when you're on the same level, everybody is very, very helpful. It's when you try to get advice from someone who's a little farther along than you, uh, might be a better player, better songwriter, has some success, and you always want to try to get with people who are better than you. That was, that was the struggle for me to find people who had success, who were clearly better than I was. They were willing to take a chance on you. Yeah, giving me a chance to, to write with them and better myself. Um, uh, and actually there's a guy named Ram Bishop was the first one that really did that for me. He, uh, we were in writing a lot of songs becoming really good friends, but I want, I saw him at a writer's round and I go, Hey, I'm a huge fan of your music and I'd love to write with you sometimes. And he said, uh, he, he's had a lot of cuts. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, well, when you come up with an idea that I like, I'll write with you. And so I took that as a challenge and, and um, kept sending my ideas, which at the time, looking back now, I, I, this guy could be stealing all my ideas and writing all my songs. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll take your ideas. Yeah. 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 But we landed on an idea. He loved it. And uh, we, we wrote the song and we, uh, we, uh, we bonded. We became buddies and he had, uh, co-produced a little project for us and uh, countless demos I did for him. And, and, uh, you know, that was really the kind of the first one. And then there was Don Goodman. And then, you know, you start getting better. And then you kind of have to prove yourself in these rooms. Word of mouth is a big deal in Nashville. 
because uh, yeah. his songwriters are friends. You know, they have their, I hate to say clicks, but. Um, no, it's clicky. So once you've gotten kind of in, like uh, by Kiefer having Rand's name behind him, um, he was able to get sessions with other songwriters. Well, so. that publishing company gave me other rights with some people in their company. And then it just it's, kinda, it's a networking and then it town. Spreads, it's just know. a networking town. Nashville is just like high school. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you got uh, certain kids that don't want to play with you. Uh, certain kids that don't want to let anybody else into their gang because it's, they got it figured out. And, and, uh, and that's still the case today. I've been here for 25 years and, uh, I still find that there's people that kind of are like, well, I don't know if we need to let you in writing with us because, uh, you know, we got this thing going over here. It's very, it's, so you find your people, man. That's what it, you, you find your tribe and you go, you know? So let's stick with this because before we ask Shauna about, you know, obviously Shauna, you were in bands that led to where you are now. Do you think, do you think it's clickish or I guess small because there's only so many record labels and the record labels created a built-in system. Whereas it's almost like a cruise ship. They move like cruise ships, whereas independent musicians are able to maneuver like speedboats. Um, there's not as much money to be made, but when you take to the consideration that you own your stuff, then you sell 10,000 units versus a label selling 100,000. It kind of evens out when you have ownership over your own, own right. stuff. So don't you think the fact that we, you know, historically the music industry created a system and a lot of people that don't do music got involved to where now um, it's kind of like it's kind of like getting into the NFL. You know, you, you everyone can try out, everyone can try to walk walk on a team, but but it's kind of it's kind of closed. And so breaking through and getting into that, you know, that's that's what's challenging. Mm -hmm. Well, like, like in, in the NFL, it's you're splitting hairs with some. I mean, you're 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 uh, you're drafting someone that can run a 40, uh, you know, 0.5 seconds faster than you. And it, I mean, that, it's, it's finite uh, kind of movements like that in, in situations like that. And I think it's the same way uh, a little bit in Nashville like that. If you're just a, a stupidly talented person and you write songs better than everybody else and you sing better than everybody else, you know, there's a few people who have popped through from these American idols and these kind of shows that, like Kelly Clarkson, for instance, you know, I mean, she's amazing. She wasn't just a winner on a show or a contestant on a show. She was legit. And that was just her vessel that she used to get into the world. And she could back it up over and over and over and over again. And that's the difference, you know. Um, that's why I don't like about some of the stuff on TV, just because, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a show. At well, the end of the day, it's a show, you know. And however you get to where you need to be, I say God bless, you know, if, if, if you're a contestant on the show and you become a star, that's great. If you do like what we did and play for tips for nine years down on Broadway for 50 bucks a day and after, you know, after 13 years have, of finding it, you know. Things have just changed so much because of technology, like the way people get recognition now. Like um, when we moved to town in 96, it was all about having a great song and having a connection and networking in town. 
Nashville's a, I mean, it's a big town, but it's a small town. It is. Um, and now all you got to do is put a song on, you know, YouTube or TikTok or Facebook and it can become viral. And you and have a shot at doing something huge, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's there's so people making, different there, from when we moved yeah, to town. There's the free enterprise system in music is, is definitely in full effect once again. And, um, well, more than it ever has been. This is the first time it's ever really been like this at this level. So, uh, you know, you've got people that are unknown, that's never been on the radio, making more money than probably most of your artists who have had hits, who are traveling, who are doing A, B, and C, the way that's always been done. And these people, you know, when we got started, we didn't have uh these tools to to get our music out you know it was playing down playing here playing the country and that's how you that was that was your it was very underground you would pick up fans from different shows that you did for years and years and years you know very and word organic yeah very organic the way you did this and shauna you know you you were in bands so you know how many bands were you in before you actually ended up meeting Kiefer? Well, um, I'll go back a little bit if you don't mind. Um, sure. My dad was a musician. Um, and when I was probably four, that was my first memory of um, music. He played the banjo or the guitar sitting around the kitchen table and he would play country and gospel hymns. And um, I would try to sing with him. I didn't know what I was doing, but I would, we actually have a recording of me like, I'm not singing, I'm literally screaming like at the top of my lungs, but not Masterpiece. No, uh, no Just Feels Good record. Uh, the second record, yeah, Just Feels Good. There's a song called Daddy Song on there, and as that okay. tapers off. There's a little snippet of we, he we, and I singing on there. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the same album that has If I Didn't Have You that went to number one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also a song that was written for my dad. Um, but yeah, a little later on, I just, I fell in love with music. Um, in high school, I was in marching band. I was in concert band. I was drum major for three years for marching band. And I had a scholarship to go to college playing saxophone, but instead I wanted to move to Nashville. I wanted to sing. And luckily my parents were um, cool with that. <laughs> and my dad, he came here. He actually lived with me for a little while. Um, until they felt comfortable with their baby girl being in a big city. Later on, when I was in high school, I had my own band. I fronted my own band, and we played honky tonks. And and somehow or another, legally, I was able to be in a honky tonk underage. But <laughs> you're, you're pretty much playing. What was the? How young were you when you were playing in bars? Uh, well, since I was in my dad's band and he was my parent, that's the reason why I was able to go into a bar. And I was probably ten years old or something. Yeah. So you were prepped um, for Broadway and all the other oh, yeah. honky tonks oh, early. For sure. What was that experience like? Being in that band, being in that environment when you're young, did you know back then this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, the, um, the first concert that I ever went to was Alabama, Alabama band. And I was probably six. And um, I sat on the front row and I knew that night, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do, I want to be on stage. I want to be entertaining. 
and even you know it's crazy to say at five or six years old that you know that's what you want to do but i did i knew that was it and she's always sang good man like all that early crap that was i saw that her singing just always sang great you know it's weird that's awesome so then you guys merged at some point in nashville do you yeah. remember the day that you first saw shauna kiefer yeah, we, you know, we were uh, about one of the only places that you can really play music with a band was these uh, contests that a woman named Judy Martin held. And uh, so, like, the first week we were here, first week or two we were here, there was a contest at a place called the Nashville Nightlife. And Shannon was already there. I showed up a little bit later. We hadn't met each other, never seen each other before. And uh, she was up at the bar signing in for the contest. And uh, I just kind of, I just, I just locked eyes on her. I was just like, who is this, you know? And uh, I went right up to her and just literally just started talking to her, invited her uh, to play a game of pool. And we talked that night for a little bit and uh, had our first date about a week or two later and never have been apart since. And that's been 20 some years, man. And so. when, when did you hear her sing? When did you that first night. hear her sing? That, that first night. night. Yeah. And and Shauna, when did you hear him? It was that night. That night. Yeah. Yeah, same night. So was, was that like, what was that part of the attraction? Not initially, but definitely after. I was I was enamored with the with the with the way she sang and I was like, I've never heard anybody sing like that, you know. So I had already kind of fallen for her a little bit, you know, from the first glance, but um uh, yeah, there was something about her, and then there was something else about her, you know, after she sang. For me, it, his singing was definitely, it was something special, I thought. Um, it got my attention, for sure. It was so bad, it got her attention. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is that? And you got, you know, 20 years later, there's, in country music, I think there's several couples that are married. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, but you guys are actually, you know, a band. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know another couple that's actually married that is doing yeah. country music. There might be one other. There might be a couple now, but at the time that Kiss Me or Not went number one, it had been over 40 years since the actual married couple entity had a number one. I mean, it's, and you just think about it, man. I mean, it's like most people can't coexist like we do. You know, I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. very, very difficult for most people. It's pretty, I mean, it's, it's easy for us. I say easy. I mean, we still fight. Like we still fight. <laughs> um, we have our normal problems, you know, like everybody else does. But we do navigate the water pretty well, and uh, you know, we're still here after all this time. So it's a <clears throat> very odd thing to find your partner and your singing partner, and 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 have that to work. It's just it takes the funnel and goes even farther down, harder to get in. You know. Yeah, but how do you guys actually manage it? I mean, because work. And home life. How do you how do you manage? It's well, kind of all there's, one. There's big, one big reason. One, uh. <laughs> it's kind of all one big blob. To be quite honest, we do have conversations occasionally. On Kiefer doesn't know when to shut it off. He has a hard time shutting it off. And um, creatively, I, I, what's that? Creatively or just everything? His, pa his passions. Business wise creative wise he just he's that person that just constantly is 
the cogs are spinning. If I'm not doing, if I if I wasted half an hour, I feel like I've just wasted a half an hour. Like resting for half an hour is like I could have done something in a half an hour that would have been productive. And I've, I've, I have gotten better at it. And since Cooper um, is in our life now, it's definitely changed. I mean, it used to never stop. And it mm -hmm. stops now. I mean, I, I used to write five days a week, regardless. And now I don't, I don't want to write that much anymore. Um, my songs are better because I don't write that much anymore. And uh, I wait to have something to write about a lot of times versus just sitting down and writing for the heck of it, you know. Well, and that was some good advice that we... Got from Earl Haggard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Haggard gave me that advice one night. So I, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that changed, that changed my life, really. That, mm. that short time that we spent with him on his bus. Okay, we got to stop right here. Folks, Merle Haggard is a legend. For me, Merle was more than a country singer. The entire life of this man was a country song. His career began in 1963 until his passing in 2016. And this is what's unbelievable. The Country Music Hall of Fame did the math and they suggested that Merle performed more than 25 million shows. I went to some of those, took my wife to some of those, sat on the second row, couldn't get enough. His songs Mama Tried and Are the Good Times Really Over? Yeah, they've rotated on my record player, my cassette player, my CD player, and it probably streamed on my platforms at least 25 million times. He was a friend of Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Ray Price, and Thompson Square. So as you can tell, I hope you're just as excited as I am for part two with Thompson Square on the next episode of All Heart with Paul Cardall. Until then, don't ever forget who you are and how valuable you are to this beautifully complex world calling on you to be all heart. American Songwriter has been a home for songwriters, musicians, and music lovers for over 35 years. 